The Korean Tariff Podcast, episode 133. Outsourcing production with Britta Berkman. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Jess here. Welcome to another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. And this week, I have a wonderful interview for you with Britta, who is the owner of Bold Bee. And Bold Bee is a little jewelry company that she started in 2014. And it's really, really cool. I actually came across her a few years ago, probably not long after she started. Somehow I stumbled across her work and I was just captivated. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful combination of natural wood and resin. And I've kind of kept my eye on her uh, ever since. And when I saw like she'd launched a kind of and gone in a slightly new direction, she still does her one-off pieces, but she's actually now launched collections that are produced for her and it got me thinking I'm like okay I really want to talk to someone about this about ethical production getting your actual making outsourced and I reached out to her and she was happy to come on the show and talk about it so that's what we're going to be kind of focusing on today is how to if you want to make that transition or if you're interested in it or wonder if it's for you then this is a perfect episode because we're going to be talking all about that process but also about how she grew her business and um, how she managed to get it to take off quite quickly as well so before we start that i just want to give a shout out to the lovely tamsin simmons who is a member of my membership community the thriver circle and she says of her time in the circle that joining the Thriver Circle has been a real turning point in the development of my business. I've gained so much insight in the few months I've been a member and love the support and encouragement from the group. I would recommend it to anyone just starting out or who has been in business for a while as there is always something new to learn and a direction to grow in. Thank you for your lovely words, Tamsin. And yeah, I mean, there's always new content being added to the Thriver Circle. If you've been listening to the podcast recently, you'll know that I'm now producing a members only episode every month uh, for Thriver Circle members exclusively. And if you want to get a hold of that, you can right now head on over to thrivercircle.com and you can sign up and get access to all of the uh, members only podcast episodes, the 29, I think, video workshops for handmade business owners in there. We do calls, we do live chats, we have a wonderful community of many, many hundreds of enthusiastic people who are really trying to make this happen. And the Thrivers has been going for a few years now, and it's really awesome to see the progress, especially some of the members who've been with us from the very beginning, who've, who've seen their businesses just take off and become what they dreamed they'd be. And there's people at all levels of business, you know, there's beginners, there's people who haven't even started yet, there are people who've been in business for five, ten years, Uh, there's always more to learn and, you know, more to learn from each other as well. So if you want to be part of that community and work with me as well, if you, if that's something that appeals to you, if you kind of want my help, uh, being in the Thriver Circle is the way to get that. And um, the Thriver Circle is what makes this podcast possible. So I like to say thank you to the members 
uh, for being there and making this podcast a reality for everybody uh, to help everyone realize their dreams of doing this thing of making a handmade business a reality. Thrivercircle.com, head on over. Membership is open right now. And of course, now it's time to get into our, our interview with Britta who I thoroughly enjoyed talking to. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Hi, Britta. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you going? I'm great. It's so lovely to have you. Um, I've, I noticed your work a couple of years ago and then I kind of checked back with you recently and saw how well you were doing. So I really wanted to bring you on the show and have a little chat about your business and uh, your kind of progress in the last few years. Uh, but for those of you out there who don't know who Britta is, Britta, would you mind just giving us a quick rundown on what you make? Yes, so in uh, early 2014, I started combining natural wood from offcuts from Australia and colorful resins into jewelry by sending them into shape. And uh, our latest business adventure is we are combining beach sand and resin also for jewelry. Oh, that sounds fun. Have you got any, you don't have any of that up on your website yet, do you? Uh, we have another website, boldb.com.au, ah. uh, and there is that collection shown. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, I hadn't I hadn't checked that out. I'll definitely check that out. So um, your brand is Bold B. Is that related to your name, Britta? Um, a little bit, yeah. I guess <laughs> so. It's actually just, I don't know, it just was a short name and um, a short uh, two words, I would say, <laughs> word in a letter, and uh, it wasn't taken, so I thought, well, it's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So do you have a background in working with wood or working with resin? Um, so I studied industrial design in Germany, mm -hmm. and um, we had a big woodworking workshop or generally a workshop at the university because that's made for producing the models for your work there mm -hmm. um, and I really enjoyed working with the tools and machinery in that workshop and it, I decided to work a little bit with wood in there and I have never used resin before this venture really mm -hmm. um, but when so I moved to Australia in 2013 just after um, finishing university because my partner's Australian and I didn't really know what to do <laughs> little town, Greta, um, not town, it's a little city, and um, well, there was a work, woodworking workshop, and my father-in-law sort of got me onto it, <laughs> that's when I decided i give it a try, yeah. Cool, and you know, did, did the idea come from anyone in particular, or is it just something that appeared in your brain, because it's really, it's, it's really unique, like I, I can't think of seeing anything very similar around the place. Uh, no, I hadn't seen anything similar either, but uh, when I went to the workshop there, there were all these beautiful offcuts of the other workers at the wor at the woodworking workshop in mm -hmm. Mangreta, and I really wanted to preserve the natural edging of the wood, the life yeah. edge, yep. and I was sort of first I did only use the wood, I didn't use the resin, but I was thinking of ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be great to sort of putting it in something clear to preserve the edge. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I started experimenting with getting some resin from Bunnings. And 
that. And I had no idea if that sort of um, holds together or not. And I first used glue and I thought maybe that works, but that didn't really work out. <laughs> so that worked out for me. Yeah. That's so cool. I just had a look at your sand stuff, actually. That's amazing. The, it looks like layers. It's like a map. It's really cool. Yeah, topography map. Yes. Um, that's sort of what it shall resemble. And yeah. it shall resemble different bodies of water. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, so much creativity going on. Uh, so you started in kind of 2014 as a hobby, bits of wood lying around. I'm assuming at this point in time, you're probably just making one of a kind pieces and, and playing with the design process. Um, at what point did you kind of start thinking, can I make this a viable business? I really was just spending time in the workshop at the start to keep myself a bit occupied because I felt a bit lost mm -hmm. and we just moved to Australia because I obviously didn't really have a job lined up or anything. Yeah. So I went three days a week to the woodworkers and I thought, oh, I give it a try, set up an Etsy shop, maybe I can make a couple of hundred bucks a month. <laughs> um, sort of, I don't know, just to keep busy, I suppose. Yeah. And... Um, Sort of, it worked out pretty well after a couple of months, orders were flowing in, and I thought, oh, this maybe has a bit of a future, mm -hmm. and just kept more and more busy doing it, really much, I think, after a few months. And at what point did you start thinking about making your designs reproducible, rather than one of a kind? Um, that was about, I have to think... Early 2016, I just doing a lot of jewelry on the on the machinery is really quite um, straining for the back mm -hmm. and for the hands, and um, I felt like oh, maybe maybe you need a bit of a change, and I would like to go a bit more back into my industrial design background and mm -hmm. um, do more um, designing and less producing, I would say. Mm -hmm. and, um, I really wanted to sort of use my skills, which I acquired during my studies. And uh, in, at the same time, my brother-in-law, Michael, who's, um, who studied accounting and chemical engineering, he quit his job with PwC, which is sort of just like a high-rolling office job, and he wanted to sort of have its own little adventure. And I, um, <laughs> yeah, we sort of got together, and we agreed that he does the accounting and um, IT stuff mm -hmm. while I concentrate more on designing and we thought we developed the business uh, together, same name, um, yep. same business pretty much, but I still have my sole trailer, trader, mm -hmm. um, which is my um, one-off stuff and together we have our PTY LTD board mm -hmm. B as well, which yep. we yeah, which we have together. So I pretty much have two businesses at the moment, my own and that one. <laughs> that must be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good sort of, um, um, yeah, uh, balance between doing things myself mm -hmm. and really just doing a lot more um, analytical work and just being on the computer, which I like to do as well. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, because this is one of the things I noticed when I was researching that you now get uh your bold b stuff produced for you in cebu so how did you how do you go about 
making that happen? How do you go from working in a little workshop by yourself to finding and setting up production somewhere else? Yeah, that's been quite a long process, really. So that came together when Michael and I got together mm-hmm. to do the, yeah, to set up the new Boat BPTI LTD mm-hmm. business. Um, so we were researching a lot, and what we definitely didn't want is anything sort of fully mass produced or sort of sweatshop like or anything mm-hmm. like that. So we wanted it to be um, fair conditions, fair pay and um sort of yeah yeah not not one of those that i i don't know greedy bad businesses i suppose Mm -hmm. so um we did a lot of research of where we can get um sustainable woods sourced right and um where we can sort of achieve or um, where we can find uh people that sort of collaborate with the same sense of sort of what we want with um we wanted fair work conditions fair work pay mm-hmm. things like that um so we decided on the philippines because they have a um, long history of woodwork and mm-hmm. also sort of like smaller scale woodwork um and also they have got some really beautiful woods and um uh, off cuts as well from furn- from the furniture industry for example and also mm-hmm. um there's a lot of um plantation growing going on so they sort of keep things relatively sustainable mm-hmm. um, then in uh, June 2016 we went May June 2016 we went over to research several um, companies and um, producers and we have seen some really bad ones so mm. we were a bit shocked that things like that are still yeah are going on yeah, and and we um we ended up with a company that is really quite nice. They um provide well pay and good work hours, which isn't that usual. Mm-hmm. It appears, right? and also um things like pension. Oh, great! Yeah, and uh, healthcare things like that, and they are um they had the access to sustainable woods as well so we decided to go with them they were obviously not the cheapest option or anything Mm. like that yeah we found that's really really important Mm -hmm. yeah that's how that came together so we did probably about eight months research right uh, before we or six to eight months i can't remember really Mm -hmm. before we even decided to lock in a certain company and we had to see it as well in real to see how how they're going and how work safety is as well. That's really mm. important machinery as well. Yeah. And especially dust with um, wood mm. dust, resin dust. You yeah. really want to be sure that um, people take the precautions so they don't stuff themselves up. Yes, definitely. Well, that's, that's really interesting because I think that um, sounds like a huge barrier to many people, like the idea of, trying to find out you know find somewhere that can produce especially somewhere in another country um i know png is pretty close to us so that's why a lot of people kind of go up to png and and indonesia and Mm -hmm. stuff like that um and so was that at that point when you've done all the research and you've agreed to work with this company 
I assume at that point you give them samples, you send them the designs, and then you have to trust them to produce them properly. Is that that a bit a bit of a stressful moment? I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we did all that. So I made the first collection uh, samples and technical drawings. We sent them over, and they come up with their own sample set mm-hmm. and sent them back. And then you hope that. Well, we were happy with the sample set that the real that the real deal is the same and not any less of quality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good, good with that. But yeah, we had um, stuff ups as well. I have to say. So, mm-hmm. they, I suppose when you start something like that, you have to be um, aware that it's never going to go completely smoothly. So there were little bits and pieces that were difficult, few challenges, but yeah at the end turned out all right awesome uh so now you've got that aspect of the business going on as well you sell online is that is online your main um sales platform or do you focus on something else like wholesale or markets or something like that yeah we personally don't have a physical uh shop mm-hmm. a brick and mortar shop we have um we have stockists though so we're slowly building our stockist network and um, that's a, re- I would say, real reliable source of income. Mm-hmm. While we also do our own retail um, online as well. But um, I suppose that, yeah, I hope a few years further down the, stra- the track we'll have um, um, accumulated um, a lot more stockists mm-hmm. because they just order regularly and. Um, it's also it's it's quite a lot of uh, work to direct retail as well because you really have to keep up with social media and everything and you have to gain followers frequently mm-hmm. you follow us while when you have your stock is sort of people pass by and just see it and buy it i suppose yeah yeah so they're doing the marketing for you really yeah yeah that's right and I guess uh, with the way that you're moving your business model, having the outsource production and freeing you up to do more design work and things like that, it makes sense for you to get your work out into the world via stockers because the more stockers you can get out into, the more you can up your production. Yeah, that's right. And now we we aren't that limited anymore with production scales. Mm-hmm. Before that, when I started doing my own things, I frequently sold out and it's been just um i couldn't really keep up by myself and i decided against uh, employing people um because that's a lot of work and safety um involved in australia so you cannot just like say oh i want to employ someone now you have to really provide that work environment mm-hmm. um, which is really quite expensive as well mm-hmm. so that wasn't couldn't be an option for us either as well as i wanted to get a bit away from being for five six hours a day on the machines because it's just yeah just hurt my back a lot yeah I can under- I think a lot of people in you know in our industry understand that because they especially at this time of year as we're recording this it's coming up to kind of the Christmas holiday period and people are probably pretty flat out um getting stuff done so that I think that's I think it's important you know we do all reach a wall at some point where you know we're only one person there's only so much we can do and if we do want to increase production we you know we have to look outside of ourselves and find another yeah, way to do that sort of 
the breaking point for a lot of people, I suppose, which is a lot of people are just fine with. I was happy as well with the sort of the revenue I made um, doing my own thing. For me, it was personally just that I found it physically really straining and I thought I can't do that for five, six, seven years. Yeah. And then maybe have bad knees or bad hands or bad back. Mm -hmm. So that was for me the point where I thought I I just can't do it Um, Mm -hmm. because this, the, the tools I use, the sending tools, they really sort of, um, yeah, you have to lean against them. You put mm. pressure on certain joints. So, yeah, it just wasn't very viable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you've had a lot of success in a relatively short period of time. Um, at least it looks that way from the outside. <laughs> but it sounds like you have definitely been you know, growing your business quite well. Uh, what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you've overcome so far in your business growth? Um, I think um, the the part of really where you decide that you want to outsource production that's been it's been so much work, um, fun work, not mm-hmm. not bad, but that really is sort of we made a financial commitment, but it well it's not ridiculous or anything, mm. but um, th- that's the thing, and then you have to sort of. Um, come to the terms that there's not going to be money flowing in straight away because if you want to grow a business that way there will be months without pay mm-hmm. um, sort of which is fine because I've got a really supportive partner who thankfully isn't an artist or anything like that <laughs> just has a normal job which is fine um, so he's very supportive and he said that's fine um, he, think, he thought he believes in me and um, he let me do my thing and mm-hmm. um invested in my future a little bit as I, I suppose mm-hmm. so um that's sort of a point of real uncertainty because before that i had quite a bit of stability i sort of knew the revenue i would get in um by doing my own thing but um doing something new and for example getting things like trademarks and legal protection the these things are really really expensive mm-hmm. so it's sort of need to be aware of what you're doing and mm. you need to be aware that there might be not a constant money flow and sort of think of can I do it or not, I yeah. suppose. So we are still, the new business venture, we're still growing that. That hasn't been, hopefully hasn't reached anywhere near. <laughs> so that seems to be still sort of like a slow curve mm-hmm. over the we suspect over the next two, three years. I think people say seven years till you fully mm. establish business. So um, we've got time on our hands, I suppose, and um, yeah, Michael as well as a supportive partner. So we sort of do our thing and um, hope it's going to work out well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. You've got to have that confidence going into it that you, you've, you're you on to a good thing basically and just run with it otherwise you know, you'll never yeah. know really. And I love that you said, you know, that you're thinking long term that, yeah, three years maybe till we're really doing well. And then that seven year mark to really establish a business. I think a lot of people in the handmade world don't 
think that far ahead at least in the beginning it's kind of just something yeah. maybe you know I'm the same I it was a hobby and I just kind of stumbled into it being a business as you did mm-hmm. and in that beginning stage you don't really think about that you're just kind of going from day to day but when you make those bigger commitments you really have to say okay well that's it I'm, I'm committing to doing this long term now and I know that it'll take time to get to where I want it to be but it's worth the wait yeah, I think you have to have a bit of a vision. Otherwise, it's really hard to invest sort of the time where you don't earn um, if you think, oh, this is just going to be a short-term thing, I mm. suppose. So when I just started, I wasn't thinking long-term either. I was just <laughs> thinking day-to-day and I was thinking, oh, I can wrap all this up within the next month if I want to and just get a job somewhere else mm-hmm. in the corporate world. Um which we could still do, but that would be more annoying because there would be more financial <laughs> commitment <laughs> um, yeah, um, attached to that. But um, I think, yeah, it's really exciting and um, we enjoy doing that. And I think for me personally, I've got heaps of ideas and by just doing my own thing, I've felt like a lot more limited of in what direction the designs can go because I only have a certain set of machinery. Mm-hmm. So every time I want to do something really different, I would have to acquire more machinery and then maybe I don't use it anymore because it didn't work out. And then you have that sitting there and you sort of um, think, oh, why did I even buy that? <laughs> but now I feel that we could venture in a lot more different materials and uh, because... Um, the workshop we're working with, they have quite a nice setup. They already have everything. So if I come up with an idea, we'll ask, "Can you? do you guys think we can do that? And mm. they usually say, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. So that's so exciting for me as a designer to just feel there's a lot more um, opportunity now mm-hmm. design-wise. Yep. Yeah, I really enjoy that. That's very exciting. <laughs> so now that you've, you've moved away from the the full-on production that you were doing um i'm assuming you still do some creation actual production because you have like your own thing that you're doing as well as the other business yeah how how does that how does a day in your life look now do you like do you have specific work days and work hours do you have days where you do one sort of work days where you do another or how does it all work out for you yeah, that's an interesting question because my days all look sort of a bit different. Mm-hmm. So, um, as you said, there are different tasks. For example, for example, uh, we have this aqua collection now with the sand that looks like a top topographical area mm-hmm. from the top, like uh, ocean landscapes. I um, worked on a new collection of that or an extended collection of that because that worked out really well for us. Um, the last couple of weeks so I really had 12 hour days sitting on the computer in my engineering program and getting all the drafts done for mm-hmm. um, prototyping mm-hmm. so that's been just sitting I'm actually sitting on the sofa I'm not sitting on my desk <laughs> I had watched uh, News 24 in the background the whole day yes anyway, I have been yes as well just came through I know very exciting <laughs> Anyway, so that's um, that's a lot of um, my day sitting on my sofa on my laptop. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I was working on um, uh, in uh, I was working on something digital. So I did um, gift voucher designs. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, 
the whole day, not the whole day, half the day, and the other <laughs> half of the day, I was going in my workshop for my sole trader business to do um, stockist work for that, so I'm producing my own wooden resin jewelry still. Mm-hmm. And uh, today I will um, work on a catalog for the new collection. So um, every day is a bit different, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I do soon I'm going to get prototypes done for the new collection, which is then going to be sent to um, to our uh, collaborators. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow I'm going to Montmorency to um, <laughs> my brother-in-law where we're going to do a whole day of packaging things because we just got <laughs> a new load delivered. Yep. We sold out on most things um, for the last couple, uh, few weeks, so we are really excited about that. We've got some, we've got a lot of orders lined up, and this will be probably three or four days of just packaging. Wow! <laughs> so this will be my next few days. While <laughs> then next week again, I will have to be in my own workshop. So I sort of like just um, doing what I really have to do mm-hmm. on that day and I'm like oh I really need to do this right now so <laughs> it's sort of a bit uh, I don't know it's it's um, very how do you say that um, I do different things every day pretty yeah. much every week so sometimes I work weeks on the same thing like a new collection that takes a lot of work mm-hmm. and um, I just finished with the designs of this one and I'm waiting on getting uh, prototypes and um, things for my prototypes so um, getting that in the post for prototype making and while I do that I already design a new concept so it's sort of a little bit of everything which is so much fun because I've got so many different things to do that I'm not getting really bored by mm. doing the same thing which is great I enjoy that a lot yeah that is great and I like are you still at that point where you're pretty much obsessed and all your time and brain space is taken up by your business or do you have some like outside hobbies that you still make sure that you do uh yes i do have outside hobbies as well i have to say (laughs) i have too many hobbies (laughs) um so we bought a house uh uh, we moved in a month ago oh congrats um thank you and no i'm i love handiwork so um I'm renovating the house wow. as well. And it's horrible because I sort of really want to get that done when I also have to do work. Yeah. My time management is shocking. Um, yeah, sometimes I sort of like paint it in the morning or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm building some furniture at the moment for that. I love furniture making as well from wood. Wood is my favorite material. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I do love painting and I haven't done any of that in a fair while printmaking and painting I do mm-hmm. love doing that I'm making myself a really cool office at the moment so I hope <laughs> I have my huge floating desk I will be able to set up a great painting station and hope I have got a little bit of time in between to do that which I probably won't <laughs> <laughs> the, the goal is there though <laughs> That's cool. I usually take a little bit of time off, like a month off after Christmas, often mm-hmm. to do the painting. But now with a new business, I don't have the time to mm-hmm. do that much. But I hope I'll have a little bit of time. 
Yeah, I'm sure it'll make it happen. And, and like, you know, you said you're in, we're still in that developmental growth phase. And I think it's important to be aware that things will settle down, you know, later on and as the business develops, yeah. there'll be more spare time. But I remember, you know, the first few years of my business, it was just go, go, go all the time because there's so much to do and so much to develop um, at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say has been um, the best marketing move you made for your business, especially in the early days when you were kind of just starting out on Etsy? How did you get your work out there into the world? I've been ridiculously passive about it. Um, it's really, yeah, I'm not quite smart with all things, I have mm-hmm. to say. Um, so what happened was I was just dragging along, doing this and that, and then I got uh, a feature in Colossal, and mm-hmm. then everything sold out straight away, and that <laughs> kept for, I don't know, a year. Wow. And with that, there came other features, so sort of like satelliting around. Mm-hmm. Um, all the people started featuring that, like uh, or Panda or My Modern Mad or um pages like that and they created so much um, publicity uh, that's been really great and um, I have not personally done a thing about it really <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really bad but now with a new business we're trying harder and um, setting up some sort of like targeted um, advertising and things like that mm-hmm. because I suppose you have to do that if you do like if, if you want to grow your business yeah really but with all the features and things like that, there's always there came so many people copying the things I was doing. Right. That uh, that's really another thing why I felt like I felt a bit static in what I'm doing personally, and I really wanted to have the space to be more open with new concepts and new designs, and that's what really drove me as well to think let's um, outsource production or yeah. Let's mm-hmm. outsource um, the main production to do um, to be so much more free and um, quicker in developing new ideas because it's no reason to be sad about it. I think uh, when you do something good, there will always be copiers. Yeah. So I had to get my head around that first. I got really sad at the mm. start to do that, and then now I don't really mind anymore. <laughs> um, just think, I really want to move on the whole time. It's sort of like someone who keeps running the whole time running mm. away from something but that's a fun chase as well i think so, <laughs> you so see just happy about just having the ability to move on i suppose yeah and you can see you're running towards something running towards the new new shiny possibilities yeah that's right and new design ideas and concepts and that's been so much fun so far mm. i think that's a really healthy attitude to have though because like anyone who goes through that process of having this stuff copied it can be really disheartening and it can make you sad it can make you angry but at the end of the day yeah there's not a lot you can do about it um now nah, so. copyright laws it's very very difficult yeah um, especially if you do something that is sort of a little bit different every time it's not mm. like mass or something like that yeah that's just too hard to protect and too expensive and uh, yeah it's not really viable for a business like that but um yeah it's i I hope most people get used to it i got really used to it and i don't i don't care at all anymore which is great but right (laughs) at the start i was really really sad that um Mm. because i wasn't used to it i thought oh this is horrible i don't know where it's going um 
anyway, now I feel like that's just part of the game. That's something everyone needs to be aware of. Yeah. And you do, I think you do a really nice job of branding your jewelry as well. Like some pieces you have engraving, some pieces you have a little tag on there. So, you know, building your brand so that people can associate uh, your designs with that brand as well. Yeah. That's the thought behind um, that because, yeah, you really just need to be aware that because now with the collection we have, so obviously we don't do one, one of a kind pieces we have, um, we have um, a design and then have have obviously several pieces mm-hmm. of the same design, and um, it's just we found it really important to put a brand on it and to show the story behind our brand to make sure that if there are knockoffs appearing, people sort of still want to go to the original brand. Yeah, yeah. and we have our logo and everything trademarked, so if someone knocks that off, mm-hmm. they will get a letter from us (laughs) so i noticed on your website you currently have two collections is that a deliberate decision to work in the collection model and then once it's sold out you kind of move on to something new or do you ever bring stuff back from previous collections um yeah so we work with the collections because we just sort of wanted to um show something new and exciting mm-hmm. um, every now and then. But, for example, this um, Aqua collection we have now that um, went really well so far and we sold out pretty much straight away out of most of the pieces we had. So we just um, got another order in for that and with uh, a bigger one and we'll see how that goes. So I think we're actually sort of like floating along because we're still it's still a lot of trial and error i suppose mm-hmm. um we decided that we keep going with that and i extended the collection now while we have another we have new and different concepts coming as well but uh, we'll keep adding to them as long as they're sort of sought after, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But with the wood and resin, for example, at the moment we put a stop on it because for us it's really important that the wood is sustainable. And because of that, there's not a reliant source always coming in because if there's just no sustainable wood at the moment there, mm-hmm. we just, you, you can have it. Mm-hmm. So um, for the moment we put a stop on that and um, this, uh, decided to go with new material concepts for example the beach sand we have at the moment and um new concepts coming up which i can't i don't want to talk about (laughs) right now (laughs) but um yeah so for example we um we're phasing out the wooden resin stuff for the moment because we don't um have the um ongoing supply at the moment of the wood because it is off cuts and it is uh, plantation wood so um it needs to be there yeah um yeah and uh with the sand of course sort of that's unlimited pretty much because yeah. sand is everywhere <laughs> so that will be going on for a bit longer and then the new um types of organic material we use that is a little bit more sustainable as well at the moment but as long as collections or concepts are successful we're planning on just adding on to them Mm -hmm. and also having designs um, available for longer so not just the this um, one season thing like what obviously a lot of fashion brands do Mm -hmm. I sort of don't like that concept all that much anyway because it's so Mm short-lived and Uh, that's just what all the fashion industry is about and 
I don't fully agree with that. So I think if something's nice, why don't you not just keep it for a bit longer? Yeah. In my opinion. I, to- I totally nice. agree. <laughs> my whole collection is based around timeless, continual design. So, yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand that. Yeah. In opposite to this sort of whole consumption industry where you buy yeah. a new T-shirt every couple of months because you find your old one boring. Yeah. Don't really want to go with that so much. That's cool. Um, all right. So before we finish up, I'd just like to ask, is there a piece of advice you'd like to give fellow makers about running a successful creative business or a few pieces of advice that have come to you I, over the years? Yeah, I think just what's really important is to focus on one thing, which I'm well, not that good with, but I'm trying because <laughs> if you have a lot of sort of different things going on it's really hard to concentrate on one but if you want to be successful i think you need to put all your energy in the one sort of um idea or in the in the one business and not just have a lot of things going on i for example was thinking of maybe working part-time somewhere else before but i wouldn't then i would have been so distracted that i wouldn't have have been yeah, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been possible for me to really put all my energy into the one task, I suppose. Yeah. Because you're tired and then you go and sit down on the sofa while you really should work on your business, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And also maybe if you think things are going the right direction, it's yeah, to, to be okay with not with having phases where you don't earn money so much and to just invest in your future and hopefully it works out. So not be discouraged by it as long as you see the growth mm-hmm. pretty much, I suppose. I think that's a really good point. Thank you for that. Um, so where can people best find you and your work online? Uh, so my personal work, I do all my personal work on Etsy still because mm-hmm. I just – really quite like it um so that's on boldb.etsy.com but all our new collections are on um, boldb.com.au so these are the ones we um which i design and work together with uh, my brother-in-law michael mm-hmm. and um are out so the production is outsourced and yeah we've got the usual instagram facebook <laughs> available from the websites i suppose Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Britta. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences and your journey with us today. Thanks so much for the invitation. It was great chatting to you. Huge thanks to Britta for coming on the show and sharing so generously her own experience with growing her handmade business and getting help with the production side of business as well. Okay, I have some dates for you. So many things are happening this week. Ah, so I wanted to make sure to share them with you and hopefully you'll hear this in time that you can come and join us. Number one and first of all is Britta is actually going to be coming and doing a half an hour chat, so text chat, uh, in the Thriver Circle on Friday at midday. Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's the time in Brisbane, Australia. So if you're a Thriver Circle member and this episode, you know, really resonates with you and you have questions for Britta, make sure not to miss that. Again, it's midday, Friday, Australian Eastern Standard Time in the Thriver Circle. And of course, if you're not a member, you can join us anytime if you want to make it for that chat. Second, um, I am doing a Q&A 
tomorrow as I release this. So this is going out on Wednesday, my time, and it's actually Thursday, my time. I'm doing the Q&A, so a live Q&A on the Create and Thrive Facebook page. So this is open to everybody on the Create and Thrive Facebook page at 10.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Uh, So if you want to come and join me for that and ask me some questions live, please do. I'm also doing a little giveaway uh, and you have to attend live to be part of that. So I hope you can make it. I would love to hear from you. A few other things happening in March. I am running again, set up shop. Yep. It's time to set up your online shop and I'd love to help you through that process. So this March, I will be running that course again. So I hope you can come and join me for that. And next month, so February, I am running a special on my shop critiques. You may not know, but what the service I offer, I actually offer one-on-one critiques of your shop. And there are two levels. There's like a shorter critique and then a longer, much more in-depth critique. If you'd like to find out more about that, head on over to createandthrive.com and look for the shop scrutiny link. But next month, I'm actually running a special deal on those for the members of the Thriver Circle. If you're a Thriver Circle member, you're going to get 10% off a shop critique from me in February. And if you're not a member and you would like to get one, I highly recommend you join to get that discount because it'll basically pay for your first off, first month or your first two months of membership, depending on which one you choose. So totally awesome way to get the critique from me and also get a bit of time in the Thriver Circle to boot. So I hope you take advantage of that if you would like me to actually critique your handmade shop. And I'm actually doing it so that you can buy now and... Uh, critique later so if you want if you're not quite ready yet but you want to take advantage of this special you can buy it in february and i'm going to give you up to six months to book the critique with me so you could um, buy it in february and we could schedule it for june so you have a couple of months so especially if you're going to be doing setup shop in um, march and you know that you would like me to have a look at your shop afterwards or you know you'd like to have that under your belt perfect timing Like I said, you can buy it now and we can schedule it up sometime in the future within six months of purchase. Okay, is that everything? (laughs) I think that's everything I have to tell you. Yes, awesome. All right, I'll remind you obviously of the other things um, as the weeks progress. But the two things to remember are the Q&A on Thursday with me and the text chat Q&A with Britta on Friday if you want to take advantage of that. So I hope to see you at one of those events this week. Okay, so that's all for this week. I will be back again with the next episode of the podcast before you know it. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon. Bye for now.